Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. Welcome to Medicine on Call, where it's all about living the solutions. Today I have a guest, a returning guest, who I'm really happy to speak with again. We're speaking with Ms. Theodora Scarato. She's the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust, and she directs the EHT programs and coordinates scientific programs in the U.S. and internationally. Um, she is the lead policy analyst and researcher um, for their database on international actions, She's co-founded several organizations, both locally and nationally, that address environmental health and safety concerns. She's also a practicing clinical psychotherapist who's worked with children for over two decades. Um, she's in, in, her work has included intensive special education therapy um, for the program in Montgomery County Schools, and she works as a psychotherapist at an ADHD clinic. So what I wanted to talk about today is kind of a segue from our last conversation about the dangers of Wi-Fi. I thought that was a really good foundation to open up a general conversation and discussion about the general safety of Wi-Fi. But now we're coming into the holiday season, and there's a lot of things that parents need to know about the safety of the, of the toys that they're going to be purchasing for their children. And so I wanted to welcome you back so that we can have another conversation and educate people about the dangers and what they need to look out for. So thank you so much for coming back on. Great. Thank you so much for having me. So, I mean, I've, it's, when I was a kid, all we had was, you know, Pong and, you know, you got a book to read. You didn't have all this stuff that was going on out there. And, you know, you see these, these toys are just getting more and more sophisticated. And I think virtual reality toys and these headsets are really probably going to be pretty popular this, this holiday season. What, what do parents need to look out for with this, this movement towards more sophisticated um, Wi-Fi with their children? Well, I think that most parents aren't even aware that there is such a large body of research showing harmful effects from wireless frequencies. And there's all sorts of toys on the market now, like wireless dolls, um, the smart speakers made for children, uh, drones, actually, and, of course, uh, gaming consoles that have all kinds of wireless connections, and then there's virtual reality where you put phones in that this case that you hold up to your eyes, and all of those are exposing children's bodies to wireless, and there's so much research and scientists who are calling for caution. And I know I wasn't aware of this many years ago when I got started on this issue. Um, and there's no warning on the boxes to parents or to any of us that there is this exposure and actually that there's even a fine print on these devices. Like on many smart speakers, they actually have a warning if you read the manual at the end of the you know 50-page manual or online on a page you never see that says this emits radio frequency radiation and that the object needs to be often actually 20, uh, 20 centimeters from the body, which is about eight inches. Hmm. That's pretty, that's not really what's going on if it's strapped to your face, is it? 
Right. Well, actually, for the to your face ones, uh-huh. there would be a different fine print warning because that's phones. So it's it's interesting. There are the our FCC limits, which are outdated at over 20 years old and actually not protective at all. Um, divided devices generally into two different things. If you're not looking at antennas, so there are like the phones, which have a fine print warning too, which is generally under an inch, and then there's the uh, other devices like routers, gaming consoles, um, kind of the larger things, wireless printers. Uh, a lot of speakers have this warning. Hmm. Now, if you keep that distance, though, it doesn't it doesn't protect you from a variety of non-thermal effects that have been that have been found in research, but it does. Um, it's supposed to only protect you from the heating effect, but people aren't even aware of that, which is the law. So, um, you know, I know I went online and I couldn't believe all these images and YouTube's of children hugging these uh, these Alexa these. Um, these speakers that talk to you, you know, you ask questions and it answers or you ask to sing a song right. and they sing songs back, those have a, a 20, 20 uh, centimeter warning. And so it's not, so there's all these impacts, some of which are, uh, you know, heating. There is overheating if you are, if you are too close to these devices and they're on high power, mm-hmm. that is a potential impact and that is a law that actually the law is supposed to protect us from but people don't even know about that no not at all and uh, i mean think about the positioning like if you're gaming it's on your lap you know you have the the i guess the controller and it you're it's literally usually on the child's lap or it's very close to them they have wireless headsets that are also part of these some of these gaming mm-hmm. um these add-ons and you're just bathing yourself in this field. I mean, and it goes on for hours, right? So is there a time frame that, you know, a certain amount of time, just like if we have I'm an ENT, so people can only be exposed to loud noise for a certain amount of time by OSHA rules because it will affect their hearing. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of time frame on, on exposure to Wi-Fi, for example? Should it be less than 20 minutes, half an hour? Is there anything like that? Well, certainly our federal government, which didn't do any pre-market testing and which has limits that don't, that looked at exposure from 6 to 30 minutes, does not have any of that in place, but uh, scientists would recommend as minimal as possible. Mm-hmm. And choosing a wired, a, a wired uh, connection rather than wireless. So with gaming consoles, mm-hmm. I talked to um, a, a woman, actually, her son passed away from a brain tumor, and he had um, several gaming consoles in his room. He had a wireless booster to bring the signal into the room, and he would use, he would always be talking on his friends. He had moved from a different town, and he would talk on his friends and game, and all of these, all of these transmitting devices were in his bedroom. Mm. Um but all of them could actually be wired if if she had known. If she had known that you could get a wired console and have wired handsets, not have the wireless booster, instead have a corded phone. Um, and actually, the dog got a tumor, too, oh when he passed away. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, 
but a wireless booster is something a lot of people have in, in bigger homes. They might bring that in thinking, well, this, this brings a signal higher for my phone. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but that is actually like a mini cell tower, and people aren't aware of that. So there are choices you can make. Instead of, you can still have technology, but it doesn't have to be wireless, actually. So reserve wireless for when you need it. Um, in emergency situations, uh, you know, but when you're in your home, do, it doesn't need to be wireless, actually. They can be connected with a cord. Well, that's, that's a really yeah. good food for thought. I mean, convenience can be deadly. That's really the, the message that we mm. need to make sure people understand. And you can still have the technology. Just be mindful of what you're doing with it. Um, On that note, let's take our first break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. This is Dr. George from Medicine on Call. Each week I speak about our healthcare system and the problems with it. One of the main problems is the doctor-patient relationship. I've found that patients really crave time the time to ask their doctor questions, and physicians crave the time to answer those questions in a thorough manner. Towards that end, Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center is pleased to announce a new video telemedicine service. We now offer consultation for second opinions and for people who'd like to learn more and ask questions about how to navigate the healthcare system in a cost-effective and efficient manner. Go to peachtreeentcenter.video-visits.com to learn more. From treatment of sinusitis with balloon dilation to minimally invasive office procedures to correct snoring, Peachtree ENT Center offers state-of-the-art care. We also specialize in price transparency. You'll know the cost of our ENT services before they're rendered, whether you have a high deductible plan or no insurance at all. Make an appointment today to find out why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. You're listening to Medicine on Call, where healthcare, business, and current events connect. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with, with Ms. Theodora Scarado. She's the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust. And of this, it, before the break, we were starting to really talk about consequences of some you know, really cool and neat technology. But there's, I didn't realize there was choices that you could make that could make it safe and still have kind of have your cake and eat it too. You know, we're talking about health issues, you know, people getting cancer from it, but I'm interested in, in segueing to behavioral issues, especially ADHD, which seems to be a diagnosis that's exploded over the past 10, 15 years. I remember when I was in autism, for that, for that matter, when I was um, in medical school, I think it was like one in a, a couple of hundred of people. Now it's like one in 50, and I think it's projected to be one in two in the next 10, 15 years. So there has to be something that I think that's feeding into this number, this explosion. Is there any connection that you know of between Wi-Fi pollution and behavioral health in children especially? 
Yeah, so there's actually a, a, a large and growing body of research that's looked at this. What is the impact of uh, wireless frequencies to the brain or to behavior? There was a study uh, by Dr. Hugh Taylor. He's chief of obstetrics at Yale Medicine uh, and a very well-awarded researcher in the field of um, pregnancy and impact pregnancy prenatally. Um, and he took mice, pregnant mice, and exposed them to cell phone radiation. And then when the babies were born, tested them and found that they had increased hyperactivity and impaired memory in comparison to the mice which were not exposed. They, he also found abnormal uh, brain development. And he, along with, I think now there's over 200 doctors and scientists and educators signed on to an appeal to pregnant women to reduce exposure. Uh, it's the Baby Safe Project, uh, specifically to protect the developing brain. There's also research that looked at cell phone radiation and behavioral problems in children, and there's a replicated study with um, many, many mother-child pairs that found Increased cell phone radiation exposure was associated with increased behavioral problems. Now that in combination with uh, like the Yale study, as well as there are these in uh, there's a there's a laboratory in Turkey where they do a lot of exposures to rats and then they they cut open the brains and they count brain cells in this special technique and they found damaged brains from cell phone radiation. So. Um, there's actually, uh, it's, it's, it can be kind of scary actually how much research there is. Mm -hmm. There was a study that looked at memory. I don't know if you heard about this one from a, a Swiss study with teenagers and in one year, one from, they followed, they followed the teens, those who had the heavy cell phone use where they put the phone to their head, mm -hmm. uh, to one side of their head had damaged memory. And that was one year of exposure. So, yes, in answer to your question. Wow. Yeah. Was, did they do any follow-up studies to see if, if it was reversible, if they cut the cell phone use, or was it, was it not reversible? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. This study did not look at that. Mm. So um, I know that. You know, the body is always recovering right. and repairing, and the brain is always growing. So it seems to me that it, it should be possible it, certainly to develop other parts of our brain. Like, cause it's, but on the other hand, early impacts can have large impacts later. So mm -hmm. we, just like with lead, what is the safe exposure of lead? There isn't one. On the one. other <laughs> right. There, there isn't one. You right. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I certainly know kids who've been lead exposed, uh, lead damaged, lead poisoned, who, um, you know, both have challenges, but also have done amazing things. Um, but yet, we would never want to knowingly expose children to lead, and that's you. Ma that mean billions of dollars are going into to fixing this problem in our country, which still exists. Kids are still being poisoned because of our history of ignoring 
the research on lead mm-hmm. and um, will we you know will we learn from this <laughs> i I hope so, and I believe so well i mean this it's sad that we have a lot of pushback when people start talking about safety for children and for adults for that matter. We put a lot of emphasis, it seems, as a society on external things, but this is something that no matter what party you are, you can get behind because it affects every Mm -hmm. single one of us. doesn't matter who or what you are. This is something that the government should be able to, this should be an easy call to protect people instead of going the opposite way with all the, I just passed by a skyscraper, a new apartment complex here in Atlanta, and there's a 5G tower literally right in front of someone's window. And, you know, you don't even know what you don't know, but those people are being bathed and they have no clue. Then you add in all the other things. And no wonder we're seeing an explosion in, in diseases and in health concerns in mental health. And I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, if this can affect children, and their behavior. Do you think it's also affecting adults? I mean, we're seeing an explosion of anxiety, depression, um, bipolar disorder. I've never seen so much mental health issues, so many people with mental health mm-hmm. issues all of a sudden. Do you think that it's possible that that could be um, a, an outgrowth, especially for the young, for the millennials, where they've had phone exposure forever, mm-hmm. right? Are we seeing an, maybe um, a mental health challenge explosion i in my opinion based on this you know outcome i would think so and i think there's a lot of a lot of connections and also a lot of synergistic effects mm-hmm. like a lot of com- combination thing you know effects happening all at the same time you have this exposure that um i mean it seems to me that if it impacts memory in teens. Who's to say it doesn't impact memory in adults? Um, There's research published on neuropsychiatric effects connected to exposure. Uh, You know, how is our brain functioning with all of this? But then there's also the fact that all these screens keep us up. We're not getting good sleep. It both, there's research showing it actually affects your brain waves during sleep. And then, of course, when you're on your device during sleep and you have the blue light, other layers that are, of course, going to impact your sleep, none of which is good for our brain uh, health. And I'm, I, I, uh, I think it's a bit, I think it's an emergency for our millennials, actually. I would agree. I mean, I, so, I didn't realize that your memory would be affected to that degree. I mean, I've just... So the inattention and the short attention spans, which seem to be getting shorter and shorter, that may be also, and it sounds like it may be an outgrowth of this exposure as well. I believe so. And and that's in combination with what we see on screens, which is itself, it's like quick moving, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, not the, the Mr. Rogers style, but rather just quick changes of images and no time for you to settle in and deeply think into anything. It's just like stimulate, stimulate, stimulate. That is not healthy to our brains to be overstimulated by this, this kind of content on top of the radiation, on top of the blue light, which is a whole other issue. It's, 
it's triple, triple impacts all at the same time. Well, that seems like, you know, we got to take a break in a, in a minute or so, but just to set up our, what we speak about when we come back from break, I'm curious now with all of this Wi-Fi technology and these laptops in schools, we didn't have this. We had to write. We had to sit and take notes. We had to listen to the teacher mm-hmm. and actually take notes. So you, it seems like there's a big difference in connection, brain connections and pathways that get set up. I remember, I think we spoke about it in the last show, how I was told by one of the um, schools that deal with children with, with um, learning disabilities that when these children read a book, they can't visualize what they're reading, which to me, it doesn't, I don't even think about it, it happens. I am transported visually to somewhere else, even mm-hmm. though I'm reading a page. They mm-hmm. honestly cannot do that. So mm-hmm. it sounds to me that you've got, the wiring is really messing with the ability to have, like, I don't want to say spatial, but some sort of ability to imagine, to mm-hmm. think outside the box. I, I'm seeing a connection that I really don't like with this. So let's take our, our second break and pick this up when we come back. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Are you having problems with persistent bad breath, constant throat clearing, hoarseness, a cough that won't go away, a sore throat, or a feeling that something's always stuck in your throat? Why not find out what the problem is so it can be fixed? At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking time to work with our patients as a team to get to the root of the problem. Make an appointment today to see why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct. At Bubba at the Bubba we want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. Before the break, we were starting to talk about consequences of, of learning and education. And I posed the question about whether it's possible that all of this different, this wiring issue, because children learn, their brains learn by exposure, by, by doing things, by you know repetition, all sorts of things. But if they're looking at a flickering screen that you can't really think and connect, and it's all about stimulation and the next, you know, the next shiny thing. Is it really messing with their ability 
to learn and to think critically and think outside the box? And does it make it easier for them to just be told what to do and, and it's kind of, okay, I'll just do it, <laughs> which I think is a problem with our education system in the first place where it's all about rote memory, you know, just taking learning mm-hmm. to take a test. There's no, you know, even the for us, the, the, the MCATs and other tests that we t- used to take or do take, they're not really critically thinking tests where you, there's no concepts. It's mm-hmm. just very uh, concrete, you know, mm-hmm. either, and it's not even logical at this point. Is this something that, you know, <laughs> from a perspective of development, this is what we're, you know, you reap what you sow? Yeah, well, there's this famous uh, study from Princeton where they took um, students and had them take notes on laptops mm-hmm. or notes by pen and paper. And they and then they tested them after, and they found that the students who did pen and paper did better on the tests. And what was happening? Well, you get deeper processing when you have pen and paper. You're hearing words, you're imagining, you're 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 understanding what that means, and then you're 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 summarizing it into your notes that you're writing down. There's a whole learning thing that happens there with pen and paper and with thinking without the screen. But when you take notes uh, on a laptop, they hypothesize that the kids are just, it's just literally going in and coming out the fingers. There's no processing of the information. They're just writing verbatim what they're hearing. And they're not actually, you could say, soaking it in. They're not Mm -hmm. processing it. Um, And research that's looked at schools and tech has found, there was one international study that found the countries that had the biggest amount of technology in and um, basically overused screens did not show the educational benefits. I don't Because, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying, I mean, you you can't think, when you have something in front of your eyes, then that becomes what you're What's going into your brain, whereas when you hear the words, there's so much you can think about. Like with stories, when you read a book, you imagine everything happening in that book, and then you see the movie, and you're like, wait, that's, you know, the, the book was much better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that can happen with words when they're not attached to images, that images are created by whoever created them, and then that's it. You can't even think around it. So... I agree. You know, I just and, thinking about this. I mean, to cut you off, but I'm I'm yeah. thinking about this from a health perspective and a mm-hmm. medical education perspective. There's medical schools where people don't dissect cadavers anymore. They look at this virtually. Mm. And so, from mm-hmm. a surgeon perspective, how on earth can you be a surgeon, for example, if you know have no hands-on, no three-dimensional tactile exposure to something? It is not possible. And I. Now I understand why people are needing training wheels coming out of training because they've never really done it. They've seen it, but you have to actually get your hands dirty. And just mm-hmm. to personalize, when I was a medical student, I took, we took, well, I took notes and I would take them in different colors and highlight them in different color. And it was a visual thing that I could see mm-hmm. the Krebs cycle or whatever the physiolo- physiology pathway. And it was easier to memorize. And I still remember, I still have my notes and I can remember back. It triggers a memory when you do it in your own hand as opposed to you just passively taking it in. Yes. Wow. So. Wow. I think about the actually medical students now with all the cell phones mm-hmm. and all the technology in the hospitals. And I think who, 
when these the health effects that have long latencies like the tumors and all of these really come to fruition, who will help us? Because won't they will be sick. Yeah, that's pretty sobering, actually. And nobody's thinking about this. This is a radiation source in your hand. Like, you wouldn't do CAT scans. You wouldn't go for serial CAT scans or you know, MRIs are different, I think, technology. But still, you wouldn't want to do them over and over again, yet you're carrying something on your person, sometimes on parts of your body, right, right next to them for hours on end. It is It's sobering, you know? I don't even want to go through those, um, I, I've never done it, refuse to do it, go through those scans in the airport. And again, uh-huh. this is, another, you're bathing your body in an energy source. I mean, we are energy. That's what our cells are. It's all about communication energetically. So anything that disrupts it potentially disrupts the, the natural, healthy ability for cells to communicate, for cells to repair. You really have to think about this, and people don't. It's all about, you know being in the moment, but no thought process behind it. And it just kind of pains me that the government is not, takes no interest in things that could actually help you. But there are, you know, some politicians in some cities where they want to stop you from buying soda, but you can have a cell phone. <laughs> you can give your infinite cell phone, stick up the iPad so they can, you know, learn on that as opposed to the parent being with the child. And that's, you know, that's okay. I think we can have a lot better healthy society if we change this one thing. You know, we spend a lot of time on, again, external things where I think if we maybe we all need to get involved and talk to, and talk to our Congress folks about something that affects all of us in a negative way that we can all get behind instead of divide and conquer. We could all come up and come together behind this one thing. I completely agree. And I think it's really a bipartisan issue. There's no question. There's been this issue has actually been neglected for decades since it's really about money. Mm-hmm. Um, since the EPA was defunded uh, in 1996, there literally is no one watching the store that is independent. We don't even have federal safety limits. There was no pre-market testing. There's no post-market surveillance. It's a complete dropping of the ball for decades in the United States. Um, mm. And I think we, we can. I mean, many many hands make light work. Like, talk to your, go to your local town council, talk about this. Go to your elected representatives and senators and talk about this and ask for protections for people because ultimately we're going to pay. I mean, if you want to just talk money, which seems to be what moves people these days, it's, it's going to cost the taxpayers' money. It's going to cost the state's money. Look at what happened with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. When you have these health issues, then there are going to be costs. And um, to me, the most important thing is health, is our children's health. I agree. That's the future of society, but, isn't it? Yeah, Right. And, um, you know, educate your local, your fa- your friends and family. Have a, I've gone to teas where people invite me over, they invite their friends, and we sit down and I share some videos and we talk about it and we talk about what, you know, everything from, okay, in my kid's bedroom, I have this situation. What can I do better here? How do I, how do I do this? Or what makes the most sense here to, okay, we need to 
we need to contact our elected representatives. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Hey, can you help me with this? So the different conversations, just getting that community conversation going is so important because no one else is doing it. You know, you can say, well, isn't someone taking care of this? Right. Just look, look right in the mirror. Here we are. We are the ones we've been waiting for, for this issue. I absolutely agree with you. And the last time we spoke, you said that mothers were the, 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 the kind of at the forefront, young yeah. mothers specifically, because they, you know, they're like, if no one's going to do it, I'm going to handle this. And, it, you know, going to your website, people need to go to ehtrust.org because you have educational materials that you can download and share with your friends. It's not like you have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. You guys have done a wonderful job of visuals, um, you know, posters, handouts, frequently asked questions. You know, it's all in one place, actually, and you don't have to work so hard and search the Internet. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a page of public service announcements, which are really good. Like if you get folks together, we have a, a short one minute on what the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends on how to reduce exposure. Mm -hmm. We have um, Frank Clegg, who's former Microsoft Canada pr president, who's now, he's retired, and now he he is a leader on safe technology, and there's a like a, like a nine-minute uh, conversation with him talking about 5G and wireless and kids. Um, and all our expert lectures, if you want to go deep in the science, it's all there. It's all there, um, but you need to know to where to find it. You know, if you're new to this issue, it's like, where do, how do I find out? Like, what, what about schools? Well, the New Jersey Education Association has, they did an article on how to minimize the health risks from electronic devices. Mm -hmm. They have a two-page PDF that's great for sharing with your schools on, hey, you know, here's, here's how to reduce exposure and still have technology. You don't know, if you don't know, the questions to ask, you know, or know it's even an issue, then you wouldn't even know how to find it. But once you know it, it's there. It's, um, there are a lot of resources. And it's not about scaring people. Just want to, it's not about scaring right. people. It's about knowledge. That's how you get your power. It's about understanding the problem, doing your own research, and then making things, interventions that work for you. Again, you give so many different ways to kind of, fix the problem where people can tailor make what they need to do to help their environment become safer. So it's not, mm -hmm. it's not, a, it's not a fear website. It's an empowerment website. When you walk away, you're like, okay, I have some concrete things that I can do to help myself, help my family and be safer, be healthier. I think that's an awesome thing. It doesn't help to stick your head in the sand about anything. It's not going to go away. It's only coming online with more aggressive intent. All of these 5G, every time I turn on the TV, it's, they're talking about their 5G network all of a sudden. I'm not interested in any of that, but I also need to want, I want to know how I can protect myself so I can be, you know, the, handle my safety. Because it really does come down to the individual making conscious choices. And let's take our last break because when we want to come back, I want to ask you some concrete things that people can do now to protect themselves. So let's take our last break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. You can catch the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and a host of other multimedia platforms. Subscribe and share it with your friends. 
Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with a very special guest, Ms. Scarato, the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust. And I think we did a, you did an awesome job of discussing and explaining all the... It's very complicated. <laughs> I mean, like a cloud of, of things that we need to be aware of that we're being exposed to. Now, I wanted to talk about some of the, the things that we can proactively do to, to protect ourselves. You talked a couple segments ago about sleeping and about the the blue light coming from the phone or the, the laptop or the iPad. How does that affect us, and how can we, uh, you know, avoid getting exposed? I you know there are certain glasses that you can get, right? Yes, um, there are blue blocking glasses blue light blocking glasses that you can get. You can also get uh, films that go over, like your, like my, the computer I'm using right now has a, a a blue light blocking material on the outside that you can't even tell is really there. It sticks on. Um, there are programs, like downloadable programs, that will change the blue light on the screen, but it may none of these are fully protective, which is one of the problems, but they're an absolute must because until we have adequate protections, um, I think that having blue blocking screens on for all your screens is, is critical. So you want to decrease the blue light coming off the screens because it affects your circadian rhythm. It impacts um, your body at the biochemical level and damages your sleep. So and there's research shown if you use blue, a blue light device before you go to bed, your sleep is impacted when the, you then go to sleep. So it's not just keep it off when you're sleeping, but also don't be looking at blue light um, in the evening. Wow. So people who have insomnia or sleep disorder, that would be something that you'd want to really uh, address pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, both the EMF as well as the blue light. So you want to kind of go through your home and all the screens need to have blue light protections Mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get glasses to wear that, uh, and I know Consumer Reports did a review of blue blocking glasses and actually found the least, (coughs) excuse me, expensive ones worked quite well. For blocking blue light, and then, in addition, removing sources of electromagnetic radiation from your sleeping space, certainly at night. So, all at a minimum, Wi-Fi off at night if you haven't hardwired everything. No wireless devices or electronics in the bedroom. Um, most people aren't aware that they radiate all the time, even when you're not using them. Mm. So. Like this um, mother who came to the house with the son with the gaming consoles, those are radiating all the time, even when you're not using them. And they were literally right by the bed. They were just snugged up to the bed like you put a, a table, you know, a mm-hmm. side table on a bed. Um, and people aren't aware of that. Or even your home corded cordless phone. The bases of those cordless phones are kind of like mini cell towers. They're co- constantly radiating. And those are often on side tables near beds. People remove those. They remove all the the uh, wireless, and they find, oh, wow, I I could sleep so much better, you know. That's pretty um, amazing. 
and I recommend actually a blue, uh, uh, a, um, a, a sleep mask at night, you know, that you put on your eyes mm-hmm. and just completely those, uh, because there's light that still goes through your eyelids and those can really help with your circadian rhythms and melatonin and so I can't live without it. One best ten dollars I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, what about smart TVs? Is there anything that we need to be aware of with those, since that's the major player now? And I don't know different resolutions. I don't know if it's mm. if it counts, like the 4K, 8K, if that's an issue. It, it is, and they're all different makes and models of them. So I would say. A few things. There's some, I have a measuring device that can measure the wireless radiation, and some of them aren't literally emitting all the time, unless they are unplugged. The only way to know is with a meter. Some of them um, are not. Uh, we recommend getting a, a screen that where you have everything hardwired, not wirelessly connected, mm-hmm. but with a, a cord, and make sure that the the antennas can be turned off Sometimes that means talking to the manufacturer. It really depends. And if you have, like, a smart thing you're attaching to it, uh, I'm actually not familiar with all these things, but I know there are different ways to access the Internet on the screen. Mm-hmm. Have that be wired rather than one that is wireless. Uh, again, um, if you have a TV in your room, I would definitely have it unplugged at night, actually, okay. if you don't know for sure which way or the other at least have it unplugged at night. Um, there's also, and we haven't talked about this at all, it would be another phone call, but <laughs> extremely low frequency fields, which is a type of electromagnetic radiation which comes off of power line, the power, and uh, electrical fields and magnetic fields. and So anything with a cord, um, no, no cords running underneath your bed uh, at night for a nightlight for book reading, Use an incandescent uh, flashlight, actually, mm. so you don't have that blue light. Mm-hmm. We had gotten a, a book light that might as well be like the morning sun <laughs> come into our, and that's not healthy because your body is saying, "Oh, it's morning. I see the blue light. I think it's morning," when it's actually nighttime, and your body needs to know it's nighttime. Right. So, um. So that so sleep is if there's one thing to do it's at nighttime clean up the bedroom so it's just a nice uh, low EMF setting. It, it also sounds like it wouldn't be a bad idea if you have children with like you described a young child who had all of those video and audio or whatever gaming equipment that that is a separate room like it's not yes. in the bedroom right. Absolutely, 100% for so many reasons, in addition to kids that are going to stay up all night using it, mm-hmm. which is absolutely unhealthy. Forget the radiation. Let's just, it's common sense, right? Exactly. We know uh, wired or not wired, but we need to decrease our use of all these devices. Kids are overusing you know, uh, screens in general, and it overstimulates their brains, Uh even if the radiation is off, the kids are having tantrums, explosions around parents setting reasonable limits. Mm-hmm. And parents are like, wait, what is going on? Um, it stimulates dopamine in the brain. So just get them out of the bedroom. Make the bedroom be books, bed, 
blocks, building blocks. Yeah. You know, sleep. imaginative play. Yeah. Sleep. Yeah. And um, I should add in the in the learn how to use your cell phone safer. I don't know if we've talked about this, but keep the phone away from your head. Uh, put it on speaker at a distance. If you can get a corded home phone to use the major for when you're at home or in your office, if if you are able to do so, that is the best way to to communicate mm-hmm. by phone. And um, uh, if you don't have access to that, you can get it through your computer. You know, hardwired your computer with Ethernet, and then. You can get um, voice over IP. There's different ways you can get a regular phone with a curly cord from the handset to the base. Mm. Um, that's really important, especially for kids. The kids talking on the phone with the grandparents or however, you know, not FaceTiming wirelessly. Right. FaceTime with corded connections. Because there's a lot, there's more radiation. There's all these times where there's higher radiation. It's when there's video plus sound, okay, or big files. Uh, so decrease your use at those times and use corded connections instead. Is there anything that you know of that could capture the radiation? I mean, I've I've done a little research, and there's something called shungite, which is some sort of it's a carbon based. Um, entity that absorbs radiation it's, and or if you have a smart meter like a Faraday cage so you can actually trap some of that radiation as it's being emitted. Is there anything else that, that you know of that could work as some like a for lack of a better way to put it like a sponge for radiation aside from not having it on at all? You know we don't have full documentation that there are products that specifically work, like something you can put in your home that mm-hmm. will soak everything up. And that is really research that is needed to be done is, you know, if we had adequate metrics on how even to test these devices, but we don't have that. We don't have a, a large body of independent research that shows that certain uh, devices actually do what you think they're going to do. So, that's why our recommendation is to reduce the sources overall. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had, um, I wish there was something. Well, that'd but, be awesome. uh, yeah, like I mean, until we have, well, there are, there is shielding material and we only recommend doing shielding with a professional because you can, let's say you have, a cell tower outside your window, which is what's happening, like you described, mm-hmm. all over with these small cells, 5G, and you put up a shielding. The problem is there might be a source on the other side, so the shielding will reflect the signal, kind of like bouncing like a mirror for light, mm-hmm. but then you might have a source from inside or from the other side that then is bouncing off and intensifying in your space that you're not aware of, and that is a problem. So we always recommend a professional for for shielding because then there can be measurements that can be taken to make sure you're not doing something you didn't expect you would do. Um, and that, you know, people might put up a shielding from a small cell, but then they have all the wireless stuff in their home exactly. or they're not aware. Yeah. Then they're 
intensifying that in the home. And that's a problem. So it's, I mean, it's not what people like to hear, but the, the answer here is inconvenient, actually, when you drill it down. We can't have these antennas in our neighborhoods at close range. There's, there's not an easy solution. We can't just shield our houses mm-hmm. easily. Easily, I should say. We can, but uh, do it with a professional, a building biologist who has the right measuring devices. And, of course, that's only attainable for some people. Exactly. That's financially out of range for most people to do. But it is in your range to not buy it <laughs> and to that's right. watch what you're doing with your money and your exposure. I think yes. This is, there's no excuse for you volunteering to put yourself in harm's way. But now this is why we do the show, so people can actually be knowledgeable and now critically think and take their, you know, their life and their health into their hands. Because the way our, our society and our system health-wise is going, you have to take your power back. And if you expect to stay healthy, you have to be on the forefront. Ms. Carrado, I, I, it's so, so quick. I'm, I'm really happy to have had you on again. And I'm, I want you, we have more conversations I'm sure we can have in the future about safety and about, you know, what's coming online and what we need to be aware of. I just want to thank you so much for your time. It's an actual pleasure to speak with you. Oh, thank you so much uh, for everything you're doing, raising awareness on this and, and choose and just educating and inspiring people to make healthy choices with technology. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. You too. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening to Medicine on Call. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.